Chapter One, Joseph, Part Twelve of the Legends of the Jews, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rhonda Fetterman. The Legends of the Jews, Volume Two, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg. Joseph and Benjamin. Great was the joy of Joseph when his brethren stood before him, and Benjamin was with them. In his youngest brother he saw the true counterpart of his father. He ordered his son Manasseh, the steward of his house, to bring the men into the palace and make ready a meal for them. But he was to take care to prepare the meat dishes in the presence of the guests, so that they might see with their own eyes that the cattle had been slaughtered according to the ritual prescriptions, and the sinew of the hip, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, had been removed. The dinner to which Joseph invited his brethren was a Sabbath meal, for he observed the seventh day even before the revelation of the law. The sons of Jacob refused the invitation of the steward, and a scuffle ensued. While he tried to force them into the banqueting hall, they tried to force him out, for they feared it was but a ruse to get possession of them and their asses on account of the money they had found in their sacks on their return from their first journey to Egypt. In their modesty they put the loss of their beasts upon the same level as the loss of their personal liberty. To the average man, property is as precious as life itself. Standing at the door of Joseph's house, they spake to the steward and said, We are in badly reduced circumstances. In our country we supported others, and now we depend upon thee to support us. After these introductory words, they offered him the money they had found in their sacks. The steward reassured them concerning the money, saying, However it may be, whether for the sake of your own merits, or for the sake of the merits of your fathers. God hath caused you to find a treasure, for the money ye paid for the corn came into my hand. Then he brought Simon out to them. Their brother looked like a leather bottle, so fat and rotund had he grown during his sojourn in Egypt. He told his brethren what kind treatment had been accorded unto him. The very moment they left the city he had been released from prison, and thereafter he had been entertained with splendor in the house of the ruler of Egypt. When Joseph made his appearance, Judah took Benjamin by the hand, and presented him to the viceroy, and they all bowed down themselves to him to the earth. Joseph asked them concerning the welfare of their father and their grandfather, and they made reply. Thy servant our father is well, he is yet alive. And Joseph knew from their words that his grandfather Isaac was no more. He had died at the time when Joseph was released from prison, and the joy of God in the liberation of Joseph was overcast by his sorrow for Isaac. Then Judah handed his father's letter to Joseph, who was so moved at seeing the well-known handwriting that he had to retire to his chamber and weep. When he came back, he summoned Benjamin to approach close to him, 
and he laid his hand upon his youngest brother's head, and blessed him with the words, God be gracious unto thee, my son. His father had once mentioned the children which God hath graciously given thy servant, and as Benjamin was not among the children thus spoken of, for he was born later, Joseph compensated him now by blessing him with the grace of God. The table was set in three divisions, for Joseph, for his brethren, and for the Egyptians. The sons of Jacob did not venture to eat of the dishes set before them. They were afraid they might not have been prepared according to the ritual prescriptions, a punishment upon Joseph for having slandered his brethren, whom he once charged with not being punctilious in the observance of the dietary laws. The Egyptians again could not sit at the same table with the sons of Jacob, because the latter ate the flesh of the animals to which the former paid divine worship. When all was ready and the guests were to be seated, Joseph raised his cup, and pretending to inhale his knowledge from it, he said, Judah is king, therefore let him sit at the head of the table, and let Reuben the firstborn take the second seat. And thus he assigned places to all his brethren, corresponding to their dignity and their age. Moreover, he seated the brothers together, who were the sons of the same mother. And when he reached Benjamin, he said, I know that the youngest among you has no brother born by his own mother, next to whom he might be seated, and also I have none. Therefore he may take his place next to me. The brethren marveled one with another at all this. During the meal Joseph took his portion and gave it to Benjamin, and his wife Asnath followed his example, and also Ephraim and Manasseh, so that Benjamin had four portions in addition to that which he had received like the other sons of Jacob. Wine was served at the meal, and it was the first time in twenty-two years that Joseph and his brethren tasted of it, for they had led the life of Nazarites, his brethren because they regretted the evil they had done to Joseph, and Joseph because he grieved over the fate of his father. Joseph entered into conversation with his brother Benjamin. He asked him whether he had a brother born of his own mother, and Benjamin answered, I had one, but I do not know what hath become of him. Joseph continued his questions. Hast thou a wife? Benjamin, Yes, I have a wife and ten sons. Joseph, And what are their names? Benjamin, Bella and Becher, and Ashbel, Jira and Naaman, Ehi and Rosh, Mupim and Hupim, and Ard. Joseph, why didst thou give them such peculiar names? Benjamin, in memory of my brother and his sufferings. Bella, because my brother disappeared among the peoples. Becher, he was the first-born son of my mother. Ashbel, he was taken away from my father. Jira, he dwells a stranger in a strange land. Naaman, he was exceedingly lovely. 
Ehi, he was my only brother by my father and my mother together. Rosh, he was at the head of his brethren. Mupim, he was beautiful in every respect. Hupim, he was slandered. And Ard, because he was as beautiful as a rose. Joseph ordered his magic astrolabe to be brought to him, whereby he knew all things that happen. And he said unto Benjamin, I have heard that the Hebrews are acquainted with all wisdom, but dost thou know aught of this? Benjamin answered, Thy servant also is skilled in all wisdom, which my father hath taught me. He then looked upon the astrolabe, and to his great astonishment he discovered by the aid of it that he who was sitting upon the throne before him was his brother, Joseph. Noticing Benjamin's amazement, Joseph asked him, What hast thou seen, and why art thou astonished? Benjamin said, I can see by this that Joseph my brother sitteth here before me upon the throne. And Joseph said, I am Joseph thy brother. Reveal not the thing unto our brethren. I will send thee with them when they go away, and I will command them to be brought back again into the city, and I will take thee away from them. If they risk their lives and fight for thee, then shall I know that they have repented of what they did unto me, and I will make myself known unto them. But if they forsake thee, I will keep thee, that thou shouldst remain with me. They shall go away, and I will not make myself known unto them. Then Joseph inquired of Benjamin what his brethren had told their father after they had sold him into slavery and he heard the story of the coat dipped in the blood of a kid of the goats. Yes, brother, spoke Joseph. When they had stripped me of my coat, they handed me over to the Ishmaelites, who tied an apron around my waist, scourged me, and bade me run off. But a lion attacked the one that beat me, and killed him, and his companions were alarmed, and they sold me to other people. Dismissed by Joseph with kind words, his brethren started on their homeward journey as soon as the morning was light, for it was a good rule to leave a city after sunrise and enter a city before sundown. Besides, Joseph had a specific reason for not letting his brethren depart from the city during the night. He feared an encounter between them and his servants, and that his men might get the worst of it for the sons of Jacob were like wild beasts, which have the upper hand at night. The Legends of the Jews, Volume 2, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg The Thief Caught They were not yet far beyond the city gates, when Joseph dispatched Manasseh, the steward of his house, to follow after them, and look for the silver cup that he had concealed in Benjamin's sack. He knew his brethren well. He did not venture to let them go too far from the city before he should attempt to force their return. He hoped that the nearness of the city would intimidate them and make them heed his commands. Manasseh therefore received the order to bring them to a halt, by mild speech if he could, or by rough speech if he must, 
and carry them back to the city. He acted according to his instructions. When the brethren heard the accusation of theft, they said, With whomsoever of thy servants the cup be found, let him die, and we also will be my lord's bondmen. And Manasseh said, As you say, so it were proper to do. For if ten persons are charged with theft, and the stolen object is found with one of them, all are held responsible. But I will not be so hard. He with whom the cup is found shall be the bondman, and the rest shall be blameless. He searched all the sacks, and in order not to excite the suspicion that he knew where the cup was, he began at Reuben, the eldest, and left off at Benjamin, the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. In a rage his brethren shouted at Benjamin, "'Oh, thou thief and son of a thief! Thy mother brought shame upon our father by her thievery, and now thou bringest shame upon us?' But he replied, "'Is this matter as evil as the matter of the kid of the goats, as the deed of the brethren that sold their own brother into slavery?' In their fury and vexation the brethren rent their clothes. God paid them in their own coin. They had caused Jacob to tear his clothes in his grief over Joseph, and now they were made to do the same on account of their own troubles. And as they rent their clothes for the sake of their brother Benjamin, so Mordechai, the descendant of Benjamin, was destined to rend his on account of his brethren, the people of Israel. But because mortification was inflicted upon the brethren through Manasseh, the steward of Joseph, the allotment of territory given to the tribe of Manasseh was torn in two. One half of the tribe had to live on one side of the Jordan, and the other half on the other side. And Joseph, who had not shrunk from vexing his brethren so bitterly that they rent their clothes in their abasement, was punished in that his descendant Joshua was driven to such despair after the defeat of Ai that he too rent his clothes. Convicted of theft beyond the peradventure of a doubt, the brethren of Joseph had no choice but to comply with the steward's command and return to the city. They accompanied him without delay. Each of them loaded his ass himself, raising the burden with one hand from the ground to the back of the beast, and then they retraced their steps cityward, and as they walked they rapped Benjamin roughly on the shoulder, saying, O oh, thou thief and son of a thief! Thou hast brought the same shame upon us that thy mother brought upon our father. Benjamin bore the blows and the abusive words in patient silence, and he was rewarded for his humility for submitting to the blows upon his shoulder, God appointed that his Shekinah should dwell between his shoulders, and he also called him the Beloved of the Lord. Joseph's brethren returned to the city without fear. Though it was a great metropolis, in their eyes it appeared but as a hamlet of ten persons, which they could wipe out with a turn of the hand. They were led into the presence of Joseph, who, contrary to his usual habit, was not holding a session of the court in the forum on that day. He remained at home, that his brethren might not be exposed to shame in public. 
they fell to the earth before him, and thus came true his dream of the eleven stars that made obeisance to him. But even while paying homage to Joseph, Judah was boiling inwardly with suppressed rage, and he said to his brethren, Verily this man hath forced me to come back hither only that I should destroy the city on this day. Guarded by his valiant men on the right and on the left, Joseph addressed his brethren, snarling, What deed is this that ye have done to steal away my cup? I know well ye took it in order to discover with its help the whereabouts of your brother that hath disappeared. Judah was spokesman, and he replied, What shall we say unto my lord concerning the first money that he found in the mouth of our sacks? What shall we speak concerning the second money that also was in our sacks? And how shall we clear ourselves concerning the cup? We cannot acknowledge ourselves guilty, for we know ourselves to be innocent in all these matters. Yet we cannot avow ourselves innocent, because God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants, like a creditor that goes about and tries to collect a debt owing to him. Two brothers take care not to enter a house of mirth and festivity together, that they be not exposed to the evil eye. But we all were caught together in one place, by reason of the sin which we committed in company. Joseph But if your punishment is for selling Joseph, why should this brother of yours suffer, the youngest, he that had no part in your crime? Judah A thief and his companions are taken together. Joseph if you could prevail upon yourselves to report to your father concerning a brother that had not stolen, and had brought no manner of shame upon you, that a wild beast had torn him, you will easily persuade yourselves to say it concerning a brother that hath stolen, and hath brought shame upon you. Go hence, and tell your father, the rope follows after the water bucket. But, continued Joseph, shaking his purple mantle, God forbid that I should accuse you all of theft. Only the youth that stole the cup in order to divine his brother's whereabouts shall remain with me as my bondman. But as for you, get you up in peace unto your father. The Holy Spirit called out, Great peace have they which love thy law. The brethren all consented to yield Benjamin to the ruler of Egypt, only Judah demurred, and he cried out, Now it is all over with peace, and he prepared to use force, if need be, to rescue Benjamin from slavery. End of chapter 1, part 12